1: get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran.
0: Life is all about ripples. You put some good out into the world or something not good and it spreads and spreads. The quantum physicists would say that it ripples out into infinity and just keeps on going. The poet Francis Thompson wrote, Thou canst not stir a flower without the troubling of a star. Your actions are so powerful. They'll touch people and animals and forests and oceans you may never see. They'll ripple out from you as long as you live, and when you go from here to whatever comes next, they'll keep on rippling. Hi, I'm Victoria Moran, and that's from my book, Main Street Vegan everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. And it's because of all those ripples that I host this podcast to hopefully be a little part of your rippling and your journey and your vegan adventure. So welcome to today's program. We're going to be talking fun and eating. And then we're going to be talking about something serious. After the break, I'll be introducing uh, Sally Lipsky, Ph.D. She has a very helpful book called Beyond Cancer. And right now we're going to be talking fun and food around the world with one of the uh, good people from Vanilla Bean, a brand new super duper all around the world, vegan dining app. They were just featured in Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine. You might have noticed that. My guest is Dr. Jenny De Leo. She is the marketing and NGO relations manager at Vanilla Bean. Before joining this team, she worked at the British Animal Rights Organization Viva, and before that, and before going vegan, she was a seismologist at the University of Bristol. But after learning the benefits that a vegan lifestyle has for animals and the environment and everybody else, she decided to go vegan, quit her job as a researcher, and dedicate her life to the vegan cause. Jenny, we're so glad you did that. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you for having me, Victoria.
0: It's a pleasure. Okay, apps. Why another vegan dining app? Tell us what vanilla bean ads that we didn't already have.
2: Well, you know, you can't have enough uh, vegan apps, in my opinion, (laughs) so um, the more the merrier. Um, Our app, our vegan restaurant guide, is actually also a little bit different. Um, We market it not only for vegans, but for everyone who wants to leave um, an eco-conscious, healthy lifestyle. So in our app you find vegan-friendly restaurants, but what makes us a bit special is you find extra information for each restaurant if they use organic ingredients, if they use local products and produce, uh, if they use fair trade ingredients, um, if they have gluten-free options. So we want, we al- obviously want to have a useful tool for vegans, but we also want to draw in, you know, the, the eco-conscious crowd. Uh, the fair trade uh, crowd. And um, yeah.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, there's such, in one way, you would think those people are such low hanging fruit for being vegan. And yet, very often, they don't make the connection. And you're really making that easy for them.
2: Yeah, we're, we're trying to. So we have these filters in the app where you can filter, okay, just show me the restaurants in my area that use organic ingredients and local produce.
0: Very cool. So what are the most like exciting to you developments that are happening in, in vegan food around the world? I mean, the whole idea of vegan cuisine is relatively new, and it's just going nuts.
2: Exactly. So much has changed just in the, five, in the past five years alone. So in the UK, where I'm based, um, we're seeing so many prominent restaurant chains having these amazing vegan menus. So we're talking not, not just, you know, one vegan dish and a sorbet for uh, dessert, but really elaborate vegan menus um, because there's just a for it.
0: Yeah, there is indeed. What are your favorite restaurants? I know you say you live in Birmingham, but if you get to London, what are you, some of your favorite restaurants there?
2: There is a really nice one called T-Bit's. It's um I think it's Swiss it's a, um, a small chain from Switzerland and they have a restaurant in Soho where they have a buffet um, with a huge selection of vegan foods um, very healthy but also sweet treats like sticky toffee pudding, which is a British delicacy <laughs> <laughs> have to have some sticky toffee pudding yes. <laughs> And there's also, uh, I have a sweet tooth, Um, there's an ice cream shop uh, also in Soho called Eureka. Mm. And they have um, vegan uh, frozen yogurt and ice cream. Everything is vegan, gluten-free, really healthy. They have a matcha frozen yogurt, which is amazing. Yeah, so those are two of my favorites. But there's so much more I need to check out. Oh, I, I know. I, just
0: this morning when I downloaded your app, I was looking in New York City, which is where I live, and I thought I knew everything. And it's like, wait a minute, I didn't know about that one, and I didn't know about that one either. So there's there's so much. It's happening really, really fast. So your story, Jenny, is is really interesting to me because a lot of people go vegan, but a relatively small percentage go vegan and change their profession. So what's your story?
2: Um, So I became vegan a few years ago. Um, I actually went vegetarian first. Uh, I saw a documentary on TV. And uh, I learned that a lot of animals are still conscious when they're slaughtered. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm not going to eat meat anymore. And for a few months, um, I would just you know, buy organic milk and organic eggs and have this warm, fuzzy feeling about it. Um, and I wanted to do more and I uh, wanted to volunteer. So I looked at Viva, which was also based in Bristol. And I went on their website and learned all these things about, you know, dairy and eggs and wool and honey. And uh, and I thought, I, just, I can't stay vegetarian. I have to go vegan. So I volunteered with them. And um I I was soaking up information like a sponge. I was like, like even during the day, I would read about veganism and animal rights. And I just thought, you know, the world is on fire. You know, we have to do something about, you know, the way we treat animals. We have to do something for the environment and, um, and people around me, even though we were an earth science department, they ate meat. They didn't care so much about you know the impact animal agriculture had on the environment. And I thought, uh, you know, there are only so many hours in the day. I want to you know do something with the skills I have. You know, I have a brain. I have two hands. I might as well use it for something that means something to me. Wow, that's really inspiring. And what is a seismologist for people who don't know? Um, uh, we study earthquakes
0: yeah that that's a big now are earthquakes impacted by global warming and um, no okay, okay. They're not.
2: but well, global is... global warming is wreaking enough havoc um that we have to do something about it
0: absolutely so have you experienced health benefits? I know you were inspired to save animals
2: um yes i I did actually um before I became vegan. Um, it started off with a cold and the cold wouldn't go away. And suddenly I went back to my doctor. I'm usually the type of person who doesn't go to the, to the doctor immediately. I drink herbal teas and usually cold goes away and this one didn't go away. And, uh, I had a bronchitis and the bronchitis didn't go away. Uh, and it turned into asthma. And I had this, this for at least half a year. Um, and, I became vegan and the symptoms just went away. So well, I, that's... I don't have any proof that was due to um uh, me going vegan but it sure is uh, you know quite a coincidence that the symptoms went away after I adopted a plant-based diet.
0: That is interesting. I think so many people have a, a kind of low-grade allergy to dairy and they don't even know how much better they're going to feel until they uh, get get rid of that one. So, I, I, go ahead. Sorry.
2: I think I was also lactose intolerant because mm. I, my tummy would not be happy if I drank too much milk, and I did drink a lot of milk. So I would have soya milk sometimes, um, and obviously that all went away, the tummy issues, after I went vegan.
0: That's so good. I love it
2: when the animal part and the health part
0: come together. That's kind of my little hobby right now is, is trying to be everybody's grandmother and make sure that we all get along and that the health people and the animal people can come to see that we're all supporting the same wonderful movement. Even if maybe we don't always eat the same food all the time.
2: Yeah. It's a win, win, win.
0: Isn't it? (laughs) For sure. So Vanilla Bean seems extremely international to me. I know you're calling from Germany. The app is headquartered in Germany. You're based in the UK. So where is everybody?
2: So um, most of the team are in Germany, in Bavaria. Um, but three of us are in the UK. Um, but we're hoping to also open an office in the US pretty soon. So we're, we're growing, uh, becoming more international.
0: Yeah. And if somebody is interested in starting an app, not for restaurants, we're just going to say you and the other ones we know about have the market cornered on that, but
2: some other kind of app, where does one start? Well, um, we were quite lucky in that um, the founders of Vanilla Bean, they were already app specialists. They've been working um, since the first iPhone um was available, they worked in Germany's leading app agency. And um, so I, I wouldn't be able to develop one myself, but luckily I'm working with very talented people um, who already have the experience under their belt. So my, my advice would be um, uh, uh, connect to someone who already has experience in that field and see if you can get them to collaborate with you. And how about how
0: we as consumers can communicate with app developers and app companies? Because sometimes, not with your app, but others that I've looked at in all sorts of of different ways, um, I'll see something, let's say like um, a vegan, um, cruelty-free cosmetic kind of app. And I'll look and it's like, oh, you left out my favorite company. So how do we get to the app people and say, Check this out. I think there's something missing.
2: Um, usually there's a feature in their app where you can um, directly contact them. So I think um, in our app it says submit a comment. But the easiest way is probably via their social media. That's usually where um, where companies resp- respond the fastest.
0: Okay, very cool. And you've got lots of that. So let's just tell everybody, and of course this is On the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net, somebody wrote to me last week and said, where are the show notes? Well, where they are is if you go to MainStreetVegan.net and you click on the word podcast in the upper left, not the picture. If you pick on the picture, it takes you to the Unity Online Radio site where you can listen to the podcast directly or from iTunes or Stitcher. But if you just click on the word, you'll get a drop down, and it'll say show notes. And we will tell you that you can go to the website vanilla-bean.com or Vanilla Bean app on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And there's a YouTube too, but it's really long, so I'll put all that in the show notes. Jenny, a uh, final question. What's new? What's this app going to do as time passes?
2: So I wish I could tell you more about that, Victoria. We have exciting plans, um, but unfortunately, we're keeping them under wraps. Ooh. <laughs> um, so uh, watch this space. Um, we're in touch with, um, with new investors and we've got exciting plans to grow, um, but the restaurant guide will remain available and free for everyone. So free to download on iPhone and Android um, and we're expanding, expanding to further countries. So soon the app will be available in France and Canada.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Cause my stepdaughter is here right now from Canada and she tried to get the app on her phone and she couldn't do it. So we yes, went to my phone.
2: we got a lot of requests from Canada and we're working on it. Um, Good. So yeah, watch the space. Well, I hope you have it by July
0: because we're taking our dog to Canada because he doesn't like fireworks. <laughs> so uh, we're going to leave just after Canada Day <laughs> just before Independence Day. Um, To give our dog a peaceful vacation. So hopefully we'll have the Vanilla Bean app Canada style. Jenny, thank you so much. All the best. Good luck with all the future plans. And uh, thanks for helping the world go vegan.
2: Thank you so much, Victoria.
0: All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. So everybody, we have new stuff going on at Unity Online Radio, the wonderful host of the Main Street Vegan program, and that means there's no longer a commercial break. Did you notice that last week? So I guess I'm the break. That's interesting. So for those of you who don't know that listen only to the podcast, which is fabulous, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I love them. Do you know that we are also a live radio show? So if you happen to find yourself free at noon, if you're on the West Coast of the US or Canada or 3 p.m. on the East Coast, uh, 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, and you're ever free for that hour, listen live because then you'll get to hear things just as they're happening. And you can even call in with your questions or your comments. Be part of the show, 816-347-5519. We'd love to have you, but then, of course, we love to have you all sorts of ways. And speaking of podcasts... That happens to be the topic of the blog this week at mainstreetvegan.net. It's written by Susan Landera, who is the vegan teacher. If you're a teacher or you have kids in school and you like what teachers are thinking about, uh, you need to check out, um, Susan Landera at, um, vegan teacher, uh, on Facebook and, um, Vegan teacher all over the web, teach veganism on Twitter. But anyway, her blog post this week at MainStreetVegan.net is about vegan podcasts. And she gives all her favorites. And guess what? This one comes up First, Bless your heart, Susan. And thank you so much for thinking of us and for contributing to the blog. You know, I talk about the blog most weeks. And if you do want to subscribe, you just go to MainStreetVegan.net and you can just click on the subscribe button. And not only will you get the blog every week and other little newsy bits from us, but you'll also get a wonderful PDF called Three Steps to Rocking a Vegan Lifestyle. I mean, it's great to be a vegan, but wouldn't you want to rock it? Okay, (laughs) so do check it out. I'd appreciate it a lot, and I hope you'll be very glad that you did. And now it is my pleasure to introduce to you someone that so many people need to know and a book that so many people would just love to read if they knew that it was out there. And if you know somebody who is dealing with or who has dealt with, with cancer, who has it in their family, this may well be a book that you want to recommend to them. It's called Beyond Cancer The Powerful Effect of Plant Based Eating. The author and my guest coming up is Sally Lipsky, PhD. She was a professor of education at a state university for 29 years and a diagnosis of late-stage cancer changed her career path. She's now a plant-based nutrition author, educator, and presenter. Welcome, Sally. Sally, nice to have you.
1: Hi, Victoria. It's wonderful to talk to you.
0: Well, you too. I've just been reading your book, and it's so inviting. And I think sometimes when people are writing about a serious topic, the books come off in a way that's a little bit disconcerting, like, oh my gosh, this is really serious. And yet it's serious, and yet you made it a really fun read. So congratulations to you on that. So just oh, jump right you. in with us, Sally, and tell us how your vegan journey began.
1: Well, my vegan journey began after late stage cancer, which was a shock because I thought I was healthy. I exercised. I went to regular doctor's appointments. And importantly, I ate my low-fat dairy and my lean protein from chicken and fish. Uh, but in 2007, I was diagnosed with late-stage ovarian cancer. This happened to be a month after my regular gynecological exam. So I'm just pointing it out there for women that how it can go undiagnosed until it is late stage. Um, So at that point I did go through certainly surgery right away and chemotherapy and about six months later the doctor said no sign of cancer. I was in remission. However, I was always waiting for cancer return because especially the type of cancer, ovarian cancer, it's very typical that it returns within the first two years and there's multiple recurrences because it is resistant to chemotherapy. So um, it is, in 2008 I read Anti-Cancer, A New Way of Life by Dr. David Shervin-Schreiber. Are you familiar with that?
0: Not until I read your book. I was not.
1: He was a very busy um, physician and scientist, and he was working on actually doing MRIs. His co-worker and him were doing MRIs of the brain for the research they were doing, and one day the subject didn't show up. So his coworkers said, "Well, why don't you? We'll do an MRI of you." So um, while they did that, then his coworker came over and said, uh, "There is a walnut-sized tumor in your brain." So, and he had an, a reoccurrence before he changed his lifestyle and his book really sort of opened my eyes to the connection between what we eat and disease. Um, And so that's really... And that started to give me a sense of empowerment. Like I had some control over this cancer. So that's when I started to read. I went to conferences, um, trying to get as much information as I could, looking at research... Got a certificate in plant-based nutrition from the T Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition
0: Studies,
1: and that's you know I never look back.
0: So that's and how long's it been today. for you, Sally?
1: I have been as of February of this year. I have been ten years cancer-free.
0: Wow! Congratulations.
1: A regular, I mean the cancer I have the five-year survival rate is 39%. Um, so I've made it 10 years without a recurrence. And I really think it is the power of food is a major reason that I have been
0: without cancer. Oh, well, good for you. I'm so happy that that is happening in your life and that you're here to write this wonderful book and share your story and your information with other people. So... The book, uh, Beyond Cancer, it's kind of a workbook, and it's very, very practical for anybody, whether they're dealing with cancer or not, for how to get over the hump and how to go from regular American, Canadian, European, Indian, whatever kind of eating we've been doing to to this very whole foods, very um, plant plant sourced uh, 100% kind of, of way of being. So tell me how you work with people. If somebody comes to you and they're just new, they know they need to do something, but they're a little bit shy about what, where do you start with them? Well, my approach, I was...
1: Before, before I took early retirement, just to focus on educating about plant-based eating, uh, my career, my main career, was a professor of education um, with how people learn. So what I do when I work with people when I do my writings is take those elements to maximize learning and work with people using incorporating those elements such as small steps, small guided steps with chance for assessment. And so that's one thing I did make sure to put in my book. And when I work with people is stop and reflect and then try it out. Those are two really important elements Mm -hmm. of learning because the goal here is to get to the point where it's part of your daily lifestyle where you really have an identity as a vegan, a healthy vegan. Um, So we talk about obstacles, certainly, and if you saw the chapter on the four, because that's really important, is talking about how important food is in a person's life. You know, how, because food is so emotional, as we all know. It's so part of tradition and social norms, um, what we've grown up with, comfort, and habit. So part of that is really looking at, well, how does food fit into my family and social um, day-to-day living? And how can I change my view of food? You know, how can I change? Because it is, certainly your food cravings and food preferences will change, but to start out to be very mindful of that and gives you the motivation and the the persistence that is needed. Because when you do some success, then that breeds more practice.
0: Right. So you have a reflection activity here in this Chapter 4 that you mentioned. You say, what is the role of food and eating? in your family and cultural tradition, in your holidays and celebrations, in your social and work situations. And, you know, when somebody says, oh, gosh, this looks good to me, this looks healthy, or I saw a video about how animals are treated, I don't want to support that anymore. But then when you actually go to change, it's like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) what about the family and the holidays and, you know, the work party every Thursday night? It's a lot, so, and, and I it don't think that everybody uh, looks at that when they're writing a book or working with people.
1: Yes. So just the fact of giving information just doesn't change behaviors. You know, so, so, and knowing that I cite this study where 10% of, a, uh, well, in American adults, this study were former vegans and former vegetarians, and the main reason is, that they felt isolated from family and social network, yet almost all of them wanted to return to meatless eating. Then the primary reason was health. So we know there, um, it's so easy to fall out of the habit unless it becomes ingrained and it becomes with support and patience and practice.
0: Mm, And that's why I think the Internet is so wonderful. And I am not of the Internet generation. You know, sometimes I wish I had been born like 100 years earlier and could have avoided it entirely because I have a hard time with technology and learning all these programs and things. And yet for being vegan, oh, my gosh, we are so fortunate to have all the support and all the information that we can get from Facebook groups and just everywhere online. So that's pretty cool. So as you research this book, what did you learn specifically about food and cancer? I know that the arguments for preventing and reversing heart disease are very, very strong. We've got some really nice evidence about type 2 diabetes, some very promising um, studies on, on Alzheimer's. What have we got about cancer?
1: Well, if you look at starting with Colin Campbell's China study, going back decades, and he looked at well, he started in rural China where you know, breast cancer is was was unheard of. I can't say that all the time now that our Western diet is is going into the parts of the world, but um, it really. Uh, And that's another amazing thing is that we have known, the scientists, nutritionists, doctors, researchers have known this for decades and we haven't gotten the information. But he looked at the idea of animal protein and the really strong impact it had on cancer cell growth. So you could almost see around 20 grams of animal protein that's when the cancer cell growth really started taking off. And then if you're lowering the grams of animal protein, the cancer cells are shrinking. It's just remarkable, the idea how we can, well, how much control we do have in disease, such as cancer. And it has all those phytonutrients. Um that are anti-inflammatory and really boost up our immune system. And the other thing is how few cancers are really totally hereditary. Right now, I just read something recently where they estimated 3%. Um, the estimate, the estimate um, varies, but cancer can be considered a disease of lifestyle so much like you said diabetes type 2 diabetes and coronary heart disease so it is the food that turn can turn genetic predisposition on and off
0: and it's interesting too how it's such a wonderful two part dance on the one hand we get rid of the animal protein And on the other hand, we're eating all of these incredible phytonutrients in all of the fruits and the vegetables and the beans and the spices so that it's almost like we have a pharmacological assault on those microscopic uh, (laughs) cancer cells and other invaders just because of what we're eating. And it's this wonderful thing when the animal foods go, that's when the opportunity exists for all of the fruits and the vegetables and these other wonderful foods to come in, it's pretty perfect
1: it is, and what we're doing is we are changing the environment. We're not just trying to you know um, zap out a tumor, we are actually changing the environment of our body. Just a multicolor mixture of plant foods, they work together, as you said, it's like, it is medicine.
0: And yet one yeah. of the things that was interesting to me as I read your book, and I, I I try to read everything of all of my guests, plus I'm just fascinated by this topic and read about it a lot, listen to audible <laughs> books about it. And I know that a lot that I've read about cancer, that people go on a, a raw, a high sprout, uh, lots of, of juices, even water fasting, mm-hmm. this sort of thing. And yet what you're recommending in your book is very simple and accessible and not that there's anything wrong with going the Hippocrates route and doing all that sort of thing. I've known so many people to heal that way. And yet you're talking about the tremendous healing benefit in foods you can get at the grocery store.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's no one food item those you know, some have more nutrients than other. But if you don't like wheat or kale or whatever, it is, as you said, very accessible. And that that was really my goal because making it simple, making it convenient, and not and and approachable to people, letting them know that they can do this, and this is
0: how, step by step. Aww. So tell tell us what you eat. Everybody likes to hear about the food. Well, in my household,
1: we buy 50-pound uh, bags of oatmeal because that is a staple in my household. So I have oatmeal once or, or at least once a day, and that's, that's sort of my breakfast right there. Um, oatmeal and berries and some... You know, sprinkle in some flax seeds or nutritional yeast, but I try to also put some greens on it because now I've become very color conscious. If I want a number of colors when I eat, so if I can get greens which are just so nutritious and have so many nutrients in them, and just put some uh, pea sprouts or some just a little bit of arugula mixed in with my oatmeal and some cinnamon. Make it taste good. That's what I tend to do. And um, I am not a cook. Okay. I call myself an assembler. (laughs) I assemble dishes or meals or whatever. But as I say in the book, I like to make it easy. And I I do judge recipes by length. So,
0: um,
1: (laughs) potatoes are a staple. (laughs) Yeah, you too. It's like if it has, if it takes a lot of time, man. For some people, love, find it very relaxing reading cookbooks. I I tend not to. But um, so potatoes, because they're so easy, you can just wrap them in a towel and put them in the microwave and have them for, you even carry them with you, which is, if people know me, I always have food with me. Um, Or put, you know, a salsa and beans on them. or in soup or whatever. And I'm a soup eater. I really like thick soups and stews. I find them very comforting. So I can um, take broth and just add all kinds of, I open cans a lot <laughs> of beans, you know, even pureed sweet potatoes, salsa. I like spicy too. Um, so we do that a lot. Um, try to, We rely heavily on frozen, so a lot of just because I live in northern, I live in Pittsburgh area, so it does get, we have seasons of growing, not year-round. So um, just throwing some mixed vegetables in and microwaving that quickly. And putting on some sauces or um, adding some a grain to that, like farro, couscous, all easy to make. And batch cooking, I have to mention that because as I think about what I ate today, I ate a lot of things that came from the freezer. You know, I had a soup that came from the freezer and then I had extra rice, so I put it in the soup. And I also had some leftover chickpeas, so I put that in the soup too. Um, So those tend to be what we eat, you know, nothing elaborate, certainly.
0: Yeah, you sound so much like me. Today was kind of a funny day around here because uh, we'll be shopping tomorrow. And so everything left when I looked in the refrigerator at lunchtime Was all green. I mean, green's a great color, but like (laughs) you say, we sometimes need some other colors too. But it's like, you know, what we've got is green. So I steamed some broccoli and I had some arugula and ask my stepdaughter who's visiting from Toronto, "Uh, I've made some broccoli, and I'm going to put it on some arugula. You want some? She said, yeah, sure. (laughs) And so I had some really green napkins left over from St. Patrick's Day and said, here, since lunch is green, you get a green napkin too. So it's probably those little confessions that give vegans a bad name. Actually, we could eat all sorts of wonderful, beautiful, glorious gourmet things. And sometimes... You know we eat broccoli and arugula, whatever works the the what cells works. of the body yes. are probably thrilled on the green days
1: and you know i just i really took the i take the approach i don't want to be judgmental or elitist because that does not work. You know people do the best they can at a given time and If they said I was bad, I often hear people say, "Oh, I'm bad this week," or "I fell off the wagon," or you know. I hate that. No, I do too. No good or bad. There's no wagon to fall off of. You're on your journey. That's what you are, and so making it enjoyable and positive experience is real important.
0: that, that is really beautiful. And that leads me to another question, and I'm sure that you've run into this. You know, there are no guarantees. And sometimes people can eat the most perfect plant-based diet going, and they still get sick. They might get cancer. Yeah. They might get something yeah. else. And I yeah. have actually known people who are so embarrassed when they get sick. They feel yeah. that they have fallen down on the cause and so they don't even reach out for help or for support and i've also heard people say things when someone does get sick well what do you think he was doing what how do you think he cheated and this just oh it just makes me want to crawl in a hole because you know this is earth things happen so what do you do with that part of it sally
1: Well. You're absolutely correct. It, it may, you know, it makes. There is no foolproof. There's nothing foolproof, you know. Um, and yes, we get sick. Sick. We have. We, you know, we get ill. Um, a friend I just found out this week was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Who is whole food plant based. Um, was in the last, and I said, "Well, at least you're going to. You are going to be healthy," and um strong to deal with the treatment and to get over to heal from it. So
0: what a great thing to say. Has. I hope everybody says stuff like that to him.
1: Yes, I do too. And it's true. Yes.
0: And I yes. think about I remember um Dr. Barnard told me when I was interviewing him for the Main Street Vegan book that prostate cancer is one of those things that these studies indicate that men can be protected from it to a degree when they go vegan as adults. But little boys who are raised without any animal mm-hmm. products from the very beginning are almost immune. So it is wow. interesting. So what a wonderful yeah. thing to do to raise kids this way and start as early as we can. And even if we're not kids, start today. Yep. Step on the roadway today, at least. So let's talk about that. We mentioned holidays and celebrations and that kind of thing a little bit earlier. But what are your tips for um, eating the way that you choose to eat in social situations?
1: Right, right. Um, Well, I like to quote Doug Lyle because he's wonderful. And he's, if people don't understand, he's a psychologist and he works with the whole food plant-based diets. And and I went to a workshop he did a number of years ago, and he brought up the idea of food as status and how people, I mean, might even, as a vegan, you might even get some negative and guilt-ridden comments with close friends and close family members, and his comment was, it seems to work for me now. So I always chuck that in the back of my mind because it's not you're not making them defensive. You you are not making yourself above them or or them above. You just say, it seems to work for me now, and that's it. Change the subject. So that has been a powerful statement in my life. You know, something that I always go with. But besides that, making sure, you know, ask the basic things. Like, can I bring a dish for everyone to share? Certainly. Don't arrive in hungry. Some of those, because you don't know, you know, what or you are, is going to be served. Um. Importantly, is to remind yourself that your reason for being at a social event or a family event is to, is the people, and not the food. That you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy the company of other. So whether it's bringing your own food or eating somewhere, you know, at home afterward or whatever, put your focus on enjoying other people.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. And you also have a chapter. This is a very interesting book because you talk about some things that a lot of books don't. So you have a whole chapter on stress and comfort foods. And I think sometimes, especially people who get into the health world, we want to pretend like we don't have any comfort foods. (laughs) You know, we're somehow above that but the truth is you know just some of the things when you talked about the the slow cooked soups and stews when you talked about the oatmeal i've studied ayurvedic medicine quite a bit over the past 25 years and my ayurvedic body type vata loves that kind of food just the idea of that warmth and and just something kind of creamy without cream but you put it in a blender and it becomes creamy and all of a sudden it's comforting and i think it's important that we need to know ourselves and give ourselves that comfort when we need it and you actually have a beautiful chart in here that actually talks about if you have a craving for um cakes cookies or pastries uh, then you yeah. can have instead fiber-rich carbohydrates such as oatmeal, sweet potatoes, or multigrain pasta, baked goods sweetened with dates, ripe bananas or applesauce, whole-grain baked goods, creamy foods like I was talking about, you say cream soups, sauces from cauliflower, potatoes, avocados or non-dairy milk, vegan-style macaroni and cheese, puddings made from non-dairy milk. This is so important because I think one of the reasons that sometimes people don't stay with this is, you know, we kind of have a a crush on the comfort foods that we grew up with, almost to the brand if it's something, you know, manufactured or the exact recipe that our grandmother used if it's homemade. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have a list like this and know that there is a place to go when you're looking for that kind of comfort you can do it and continue on your healing journey.
1: Yes. Know yourself. You know, I have chocolate every day. Okay. And I, you know, I, At least 70% cacao. I did a, a workshop once where everybody brought in their favorite um, family recipe or comfort recipe, holiday, you know, re- what's the traditional recipe. And we worked on those recipes to make them vegan. Make them whole food plant based, and that was so much fun. We looked at substitutions. We looked at um, you know different proportions, and this has happened to be right before the holidays. But um, people can do it, you know. In and change. It's not a big change because your tastes are going to change. But you're you're right. It is. We tend to go back to what we grew up with and what we're familiar with, but you can tweak them.
0: Well, it's true, and I think especially when we're dealing with a stress, whether it's Mm -hmm. a physical illness or or some stressful uh, happening in our lives, that's when we want the comfort foods more than ever. And I know that whenever I get even a cold, I just really want, The hot soup has to come in. I also have this kind of fixation on V8 juice when I have a cold. It's the weirdest thing because I drink fresh green juice and all that stuff the rest of the time. But if I'm sick, I think it's because of childhood or maybe it's because of sodium. I don't know. But I have this thing about V8 juice. And instead of putting myself down for it, I just say, you know what? You're sick, honey. (laughs) What kind of soup do you want? Send your husband out for some V8 juice. It's not going to kill you. And who knows? It might even help. So you're in the Pittsburgh area, which I have heard is one of the most beautiful cities in the country. And I've never been there. So, I hope yes, if the Pittsburgh night. Veg Fest people are listening, they will want to invite me one day. But tell I us what's happening out there in Pittsburgh and how you get the kind of support around you that you need to grow in this way of living. Well,
1: um, I have to mention the North American Vegetarian Society. Summerfest. Are you going to be there this year, Victoria? No,
0: because it's over the 4th of July, and I'm taking my dog to Canada to avoid fireworks. <laughs> so this year, no, but it's fabulous. Will you be there? Yes, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be talking
1: there this year, right. showing the book. Um, so that is, you know, this is such a wonderful, wonderful um Conference and people come from all over. Um, So that's at the University of Pittsburgh, Johnstown, which isn't in the city, but it's in a beautiful setting, residential setting. Um, We have, I started a, after giving classes and workshops, I started a plant based nutrition support group. 2014, I had 12 people on my email list from people, and now in 2018, there, I just counted. Yet there's over 400 people on the email wow. list, and so we are really spreading. I do. I live east of Pittsburgh, so I do a monthly meeting east. We have a, somebody leading a North Pittsburgh monthly meeting, a South Pittsburgh, and the city of Pittsburgh monthly meeting. So, and this is we are affiliated now with the Plant Pure Communities on um, Plant Poor, Pure Nation, the um, nonprofit.
0: Um, right. and ahead of, of that i I want to add Nelson Campbell did write the forward to your book uh and interestingly enough, I'm going to a fundraiser for them tonight uh, I hadn't planned it that way to have you on today in that event tonight, but they are really good people, so anybody that wonderful. doesn't know plant pure communities take a look online get to know them
1: yes, yes, yes. they are um they are wonderful, they're the best really uh, um so That's for support and programming. In fact, the recipes, most of the recipes in the back of my book came from the support group members who are creating recipes of their own. So that was nice. But there's a very robust vegan Pittsburgh that, um, and they do meetups at at, um, various restaurants, and they have programs, they have a vegan fest and a vegan festival um, each year, and then there's the Pittsburgh Vegan, which site restaurant site that lists vegan restaurants.
0: Oh, that's so, so cool! And yes, it is. if may, may yep. I share one of your recipes, Sally? And this one is actually yes. from you, so we don't need to get anybody else's um, permission. But what I find so interesting about this recipe, it's a no-oil balsamic vinaigrette dressing. And, and I'll, I'll put the whole thing in the show notes so people can have the um, amounts if with your permission. But what sure. is so fascinating about how you do the recipe, you start, you know, balsamic vinegar and water, but then you say, Dijon mustard, well, why do we need that? You say that's an emulsifier. Then the minced garlic comes from the allium family, which is this wonderful... Cancer-fighting, a family of, of vegetables where onions and scallions are in there too. Mixed ginger, antioxidant, ground flax. That's got lignans, which we know protect against breast cancer, and I would presume other cancers, as well as having the... Um, ALA, omega-3 fatty acid. The sesame seeds aid absorption of the other nutrients. The turmeric is anti-inflammatory. The black pepper aids in the absorption of the turmeric. The squirt of lemon juice aids in the absorption of the leafy greens that you're going to put this dressing on. The sun-dried tomatoes are full of lycopene, and all the herbs that you choose from have more antioxidants and phytochemicals. And I love how you think in terms of a recipe that way, because it's not just what's going to be yummy, and it totally is, but also this is what it does for you. This is the invisible added benefit that just makes this way of eating such a win-win on so many levels.
2: Oh,
1: thank you. Because that's another message, too, that I want to tell people. It's not what you don't eat, it's what you do eat. and what you, But also how you can add nutrition. If you have a can of marinara sauce, add something to it, add the peppers, and add the extra garlic or onions or um, peas or whatever, that you can take common food and adding um, nut- to make it more even more nutritious for your body.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. And I think with the spices especially. I think ever since I yeah. read Dr. Greger's How Not to Die, I can't keep yeah. spices in my house. <laughs> I used to go down to this Indian spice shop uh, in the East Village four times a year when I did Main Street Vegan Academy. And now I go every month because, you know, you you use them up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Oh, That's wonderful. Yes. Well, Well, you do have a lot of resources where you are.
0: I do. I'm very, very lucky about that. And yet, since we have the Internet, we all have amazing resources. Well, you'll have to come and visit, and we will go eat something green and other colors. Okay. Okay. So everybody, let's just connect you listeners with this wonderful woman in Pittsburgh, but I presume you work with people by phone and Skype, so if people want to talk with yes. you or, or work with you. It doesn't matter where they are on the earth. Sally Lipsky is at plantbasedeatinghub.com. I love that. Kind of like an airline hub. You are plantbasedeatinghub.com. Uh, you can reach her at plantbasedeatinghub at gmail.com. And she's also on um, um website, um, Plant-Based Eating Hub, we said that. Twitter, food underscore for health. I'll put all of this on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. And of course, also the book, Beyond Cancer, The Powerful Effect of Plant-Based Eating, How to Adopt a Plant-Based Diet to Optimize Cancer Survival and Long-Term Health. Sally, bless your heart. That was amazing. Do you have a quick last word?
1: No, I just wish (laughs) everybody who's listening just in health to all. It can be done, Uh, you know, and the effort is worth it. It really is. Yes, it's been delightful talking to you, Victoria.
0: Delightful talking with you. If I see Nelson Campbell tonight, I will let him know that we met because it's always good, as big as our movement is getting, to, um, you know, get to know each other and kind of share the love. So speaking of love, you are going to love next week's guests. You have waited for these guys for such a time. They are the vegan bros, and they will be on the show that we're doing live on May 23rd. And let me give you another preview on the 30th of May. Harry Potter fans, we are having Ivana Lynch all the way from the UK. Luna Lovegood right here. On the Main Street Vegan program, because we always like to get you the very best. To Unity Online Radio, thank you for doing this program. And to my listeners, thank you for being listeners. God bless you all. Eat your veggies.
1: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.
0: Do you want to deepen your connection to the
1: divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters Podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg